So I feel lucky that I have been, you know, that I am in my mid-30s, and when it comes to the NBA, I am excited that I've been alive for the time that I have been to witness some of the great talents that have been, you know, uh, in the NBA over the past two generations, some of the all-time greats. And and from the play of those all-time greats and clutch moments, you know, you have these adjectives to you know, that are formed. Fans will say that their teams have been birded, have been magic, have been MJ'd, have been Kobe'd, have been lebron You know, for the Grizzlies, it's been, they've been Kobe'd, hardened dirt. You know, it's a way to describe losing to the efforts of a great player in crunch time. Well, unfortunately, the Grizzlies were reminded that another great player just at the start of his career is in their division when they were Lucan in the final minutes. A 114 to 113 loss to the Dallas Mavericks. Another game, the third game over the past four, where the Grizzlies, you know, against the Pacers, they didn't necessarily necessarily play this way. But it was the third game in the last four where the Grizzlies felt like it felt like the Grizzlies should have definitely won. And and, and it, like against the Knicks, it this they, they certainly did play well enough to win for most of the game. But unfortunately, they just could not. Find find the way to get the job done in the fourth quarter. We'll discuss that in the first segment of today's show. In the second segment, I'm going to talk a bit. Okay, we're halfway through the month of April. We know that we've been shooting the three better than we did in March, but how is what's the significance of that, and why are we shooting the three better? I'll look a little bit further into that in the second segment. And then in the third segment, we'll lay it all out as the Grizzlies start their seven-game road trip, what many, including myself, over the past few months have spotlighted as being the true stretch that will determine where the Grizzlies will likely be you know, solidly in place for when it comes to the playoffs once they complete this seven-game stretch. We'll look into that in the third segment. You can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. You can find the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we will be. And we ask that you listen, subscribe, review. Let us know what you think of the show. also want to remind you that this show is sponsored by Locker Room. Locker Room, the app that is changing the way we talk about sports. Go download the Locker Room app. It's all free on your iOS device. Set up a profile and be on the lookout for our weekly episode of Let's Talk Grizzness, the Locked on Grizzlies weekly show on Locker Room. Typically, I do it on Thursday nights. However, being out of town, it will be this weekend, either Saturday night or Sunday. I'll make sure to get that time out to you this weekend. And then starting next week, we'll get in back to our regular you know, schedule of every Thursday night um, going forward. But of course, last night, the Grizzlies, you know, and what a few people would call, including a frequent guest of the show, Drew Hill, you know, he had posed the question, is to, was last night's game either the most important game or the most fun game of the season for the Grizzlies? And I certainly think that it was the most fun game. You know, from my perspective, the idea of being, you know, with a win, coming within a half game of the seventh spot in the West and also a half game of the division lead would have been a wonderful narrative. It would have been awesome to see. And yes, the Grizzlies certainly, you know, still have a chance to make a run at the seventh position to make a run at the um, division title. I don't necessarily know how realistic it is with how tough the Grizzlies schedule is going to be over the next seven weeks or uh, next seven games and how easy the, the Mavericks schedule is going to be for the rest of the season, but it still would have been a nice narrative. It would have been especially nice, you know, if the Grizzlies had won at least one of their games over the weekend. But unfortunately, it just not was just not in the cards for the Grizzlies. Yes, the ending sucked. Let's just be completely honest. It sucked to see Luka Doncic make this shot, especially with how well 
well everybody knows that the Grizzlies had performed and how well they had played together, especially through the first three quarters, limiting Luka Doncic's efforts. The problem is, is that in the fourth quarter, the Grizzlies just did not have an answer for Luka, and he wound up doing just enough to take advantage of what the Grizzlies could not do in order to win the game. Now, one thing that should not be overlooked was how important Grayson Allen was in this game. In the first quarter, the Grizzlies and Mavericks both got off to very hot starts, but the big reason why was because of Grayson Allen. 14 points in the first quarter, including three threes. He joined Jaron Jackson Jr. as the only Grizzlies player, in, as the only two Grizzlies players in franchise history to have eight quarters where they had made three or more threes in those eight quarters in a single season. Jaron Jackson Jr. did it 10 times last year, and Grayson Allen did it for the eighth time this season last night. So incredible performance from Grayson Allen, who continues to show just how consistent his shot is getting. Yes, you know, we've had the debate over him and Melton, who should be starting, who should be playing more minutes. It should truly be Melton, but with Melton being out right now, Grayson has certainly stepped up. He's solidified himself as the starter with Desmond Bain coming off the bench, and that's the other thing that stood out in this game. You know, as we went through the first quarter, or the first half, the Grizzlies were able to maintain, you know, a three-point lead against a better team. The, the, the Mavericks came into this game with the better record because they're the better team. You know, whether that's just because of Luka, but it's also because of health, you know, that's, that's not a stretch to say. But the Grizzlies did well in being able to win both the first and the second quarter in a way that allowed for them to be able to show that they're continuing to improve in their ability to start games. So a 60-57 to 75, 60 to 57 lead in the second half. Then in the third quarter, the Grizzlies once again won the third quarter. They did very well, and it was across the board. In the second half, while Grayson did a lot of the heavy lifting in the uh, the, the first half, Dylan Brooks, Ja Morant, um, uh, Jonas Valanciunas with some Desmond Bain and, and Grayson Allen sprinkled in as far as the offense goes. Xavier Tillman also contributed quite well in the first half. They led the Grizzlies through the third quarter, but in that fourth quarter, the Grizzlies just could not get enough shots to fall while Luka could not be stopped. And the late free throws from Grayson Allen that did not fall, it wasn't only Grayson Allen, you know, Jonas missed a couple of free throws as well. But the Grizzlies just could not hit their free throws, and that's what allowed for Luka Doncic to be able to get the victory. Now, now, like I say, a few things that stand out. Number one, the Grizzlies have got to get better at shooting these late-second free throws. You know, that that's something that certainly stands out as far as this Grizzlies team goes. This season in the clutch, the Grizzlies are in the fourth quarter. The Grizzlies are 21st in the league when it comes to hitting free throws in the fourth quarter this season. They also are 21st when it comes to hitting free throws within the clutch. Again, them being within five points of their opponent with less than five minutes left to go. So the Grizzlies aren't necessarily terrible. And last night, there's probably not a person you'd rather have at the line than Grayson Allen. But this is the second game, you know, over their past four in which the Grizzlies have have not been able to ice and win away because of their lack of shooting free throws. So certainly something to get back on track with because that's especially something that you're going to need to do in these in, in, when when you're playing in, in important stretches when you're making a playoff push. Hitting free throws late in games is a very, very key trait to have. And the Grizzlies now have a couple of instances in which it's, you know, basically been a re big reason why they've lost games that they should have won, to be completely honest. The other thing that stands out is, is that, you know, the Grizzlies, you know, we talked about it earlier this week. They've done a great job at shutting down these elite scores. However, they also have, have kind of, you know, let up a bit over these past few games. Again, like the free throws, for instance, against New York and Dallas last night. 
against New York and Dallas as well. The Grizzlies did a great job shutting down R.J. Barrett and uh, Julius Randle for three quarters when they played New York, but they let them you know, produce and, and basically take over the game as a combination in the fourth quarter and overtime. Last night, did a great job being able to do things in the third for three quarters to stop Luka. Unfortunately, they weren't able to do it in the fourth quarter. Now, one thing that certainly stands out as to a reason why that is is because they are missing Justice Winslow and DeAnthony Melton. Those two guys not being there is what is that limits the Grizzlies from being able to throw those different looks. You know, we've talked about it before. It seems like in the NBA now to shut down these elite scores, it's not just guarding them with one person, such as Dylan Brooks or Kyle Anderson. It's throwing different bodies and different skill sets at these guys. And the Grizzlies with Melton, Winslow, Anderson, and, and um, uh, Brooks, they can do that on a consistent basis. They did that well when they had all four of those guys available. But with only two of those four available right now, that's starting to show the Grizzlies' defensive depth of being able to throw different looks at these wing or big wing scores, you know, kind of is not there as it once was, and it's showing through. The Grizzlies can do a great job limiting them through most of the game, but in crunch time, they struggle a little bit as the Grizzlies get tired or these good offensive scores have made adjustments, and then they start to kind of take over the game. That's something that hopefully will change once the Grizzlies get both Melton and Winslow back. But the other positive thing is, is that the once again, the Grizzlies found 16-3 or 17 three-point attempts for Grayson Allen and um, Desmond Bain. They are continuing to increase their ability to get both of those guys open, which is a big, big step for this team, and especially is the case when it comes to you know DeAnthony Melton coming back and should continue to be a big reason as to why hopefully the Grizzlies will take their next step forward when it comes to continuing their success from April, from the start of April and transitioning into being a better three-point shooting team as this season continues on. But speaking of continuing on, the Grizzlies have made a roster move in signing Tim Frazier to be basically the team's third point guard. That probably doesn't mean much to the roster, but in general, overall, where do we think that it could mean as far as potentially starting to manage some players' minutes when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies? Coming up, I'll discuss that a little bit more, whether we should, whether we should not, and see if it makes much sense for the Grizzlies to try to do what they can to be as fresh as possible down the stretch and getting into the playoff season. The spring fully here and things hopefully continuing to get better and better compared to the last uh, uh, 15 or so months. Uh, vacation may be on the docket for you. That's exactly what me and my wife are enjoying right now. But one of the things that I'm glad that we did before we came on vacation is we made sure that our car did not need repairs. And fortunately, we did not need them. But if your car does need repairs, I can tell you before you get out on the road, the place that you can go that can get you taken care of quickly is rockauto.com. And the reason why is because no matter what parts you need or the make and model that you have, rockauto.com is likely to have it. And also, when it comes to rockauto.com, they're very economically feasible. No matter what experience level you have in repairing cars, this is a family-owned business. They've been around for more than 20 years. They know that car repairs likely fall out of most folks' budgets, so they will allow for you to be able to find what you need at a good cost. When you visit rockauto.com, let the let them know that the um, Locked On Podcast Network sent you. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts that you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
So before we closely look at the Grizzlies' upcoming seven-game stretch, um, you know, road trip, in which they're going to be on the road for two weeks, facing very tough opponents, many from the Western Conference. And, you know, it's been a seven, that's this seven-game road trip has been one that many in the Memphis media who, who, have, who cover the Grizzlies have spotlighted since the second-half schedule was released in late February. Let's kind of look at where the Grizzlies are through the month of April now. So far in the month of April, they are 5-3, and three, and they are continuing their hot play from the end of March. It really seems like the Grizzlies play, how they played closely against Milwaukee, Denver, Utah, that really prepared for them to make offensive adjustments that they needed to make that has really led to highly significant strides in terms of the Grizzlies' offensive production, production in April compared to March. Now, I'm going to get into some numbers in just a second. And when I say these numbers, it may seem like that these numbers are, it's going to be hard to be sustainable, you know, over the long haul, over the rest of the season, especially through this upcoming seven game road trip. And I agree with that sentiment, but I will say that there are other encouraging numbers that show that the Grizzlies' strides in terms of their offensive production is certainly fueled by adjustments that they've made in their offensive approach. That if the Grizzlies continue to make the to make these, if the Grizzlies continue to change their approach, if they have changed their offensive approach for good in terms of what they feature. That should allow for them to, while they may not be this good offensively for the rest of the season, they certainly will have improved from where they were in March. And what do I mean by that specifically? Well, in March, the Grizzlies were 20th in the NBA with a 108.8 offensive rating. In the month of April, they're third in the NBA with a 119.9 offensive rating. And a big reason for that is obviously because of the Grizzlies' improvement when it comes to shooting the ball from three. In the month of April, or in the month of March, the Grizzlies made 9.5 three-pointers per game. That was 29th in the league for the month of March. They shot 32.8% from three in March. That was 28th in the league. So the Grizzlies were 29th in the league in terms of three-pointers made per game, and their accuracy was 28th in the league in terms of the overall three-pointers that they shot in the month of March. In the month of April, this Grizzlies team is making 13.9 threes per game. They're making nearly four and a half more threes per game in April than they were in March. That's good for 10th in the NBA, but the big difference is that the Grizzlies have improved their three-point accuracy from 32.8% in March to 41.1% in the month of April. They have gone up from being 28th in the league in three-point accuracy in the month of March to 4th in the accuracy in the month of April. That's a big reason why this Grizzlies team, once again, has gone from the 20th best offensive team in the month of March to the third best offensive team in the month of April. Now, like I stated, I don't think we're going to remain the third best best offensive team for the rest of the season. But the fact is, is that the Grizzlies are doing this based off, as I mentioned, their ability to shoot the ball from three. But it's not because a bunch of people are just having hot stretches. You know, they certainly are to an extent. But another thing that has really stood out is that the Grizzlies have done a better job of featuring their best shooters. Now, let's not discount the improvements of three 
for John Morant, who, for instance, is shooting 41% from three for the month of April himself, and Dylan Brooks. Those two are the ones who are taking the most, for instance, pull-up threes for the Grizzlies this season. Their improvements from three have certainly helped the Grizzlies' overall improvement offensively. But the big point that I'm getting at is, is that the Grizzlies are making sure in April to feature their three best shooters much more than they much more than they were in March. And I'm talking about the trio of um, DeAnthony Melton, um, Desmond Bain, and um, Grayson Allen. Basically, in the month of March, when these three players played together, they made around five to six threes a game on 13 to 15 attempts per game. In the month of April, in the two games that they played together, this trio, uh, uh, this trio shot. 10 of 17 in the first game of April, and then 11 of 25 in the second game of April. But overall, even though DeAnthony Melton has missed, you know, all but two games in the month of April, Desmond Bain and Grayson Allen themselves, as a duo, they have improved from making 3.8 three-pointers per game on 8.8 attempts to in March to now making 5.2 three-pointers per game on 12.5 attempts in April. So the thing that I'm getting at is, is that across the board, the Grizzlies have certainly improved their three-point shooting. But a big reason why they've been able to improve it is because of the adjustments that they made in their offensive approach and making sure that they're getting their best shooters better looks from three and more and they're more consistently getting their shooters more looks from three. When the Grizzlies get DeAnthony Melton back, if this team can get it to where they are getting Grayson Allen, DeAnthony Melton, and Desmond Bain a combined 15 to 18 three-pointers per game, that right there should lead to hopefully 7 to 10 three-pointers a night from that trio alone. And as we discussed last week, if the Grizzlies can get into the teens in terms of their three-pointers made, 14 to 15 three-pointers per night on a consistent basis, the record under Taylor Jenkins proves that when the Grizzlies get to that level of three-point shooting, it really improves their chances to win, significantly improves their chances to win. So yes, while the Grizzlies certainly are performing at a very good offensive level, and that level may not be able to be sustained as they go, for instance, over this seven-game road trip against quality opponents, it is, in my opinion, easy to say with confidence that this Grizzlies team has made necessary adjustments to become better offensively because they're featuring their best three-point shooters more consistently from three. And if the Grizzlies can continue to do that, especially when DeAnthony Melton returns, that is going to be a big step forward. And it's showing that even though we're five and three and that we've lost three out of our last four in the month of April, it is showing that we are consistently putting ourselves in a much more convincing position to win games than we were even a few weeks ago. But the Grizzlies are really going to need to have the offense in tune when it comes to this seven-game road trip. Coming up, I'm going to look a bit closer at this seven-game road trip that really could define the Grizzlies' chances once April turns into May of just how much work they're going to need to do to get into a favorable position when it comes to the playoffs. You know one, the best thing about sports is that no matter what where you are on the calendar, there always seems to be multiple options that you can enjoy. And that especially is true when it comes to waging and betting on sports. Yes, college basketball, college football, and NFL football are all in the rearview mirror. And it's going to be months before any of those three come back. But it's not just what's on the field. 
You have different odds for different things that you could enjoy wagering and betting on if that's what you enjoy doing as a fan. Yes, basketball, baseball, NHL, UFC, soccer all around the world, all those things are going on. But we're entering draft season. The WNBA draft, the NBA draft, lots of different events that involve sports but are not on the field, but still allow for you to enjoy waging and betting on sports if that's your thing. And the thing about it is, is that if that is what you enjoy doing as a fan, BetOnline.ag is the best place that has you covered. And the reason why is because it covers so many different things. The fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all your sports action. It even covers awards TV shows and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device and put in the promo code Locked On to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. And again, visit BetOnline.today. You'll be surprised on a daily basis how many different ways you can bet and wage on sports and betonline.ag has you covered get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's nba draft with the locked on nba draft podcast scouting reports draft rumors mock drafts and full coverage leading up to every aspect of this year's nba draft four days a week from credential draft experts follow the locked on nba draft podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast we are now in mid-April, and there is officially a month left in the season. It's now April 15th. The Grizzlies actually end their season against Golden State on May 16th, and that game is starting to continue to seem more and more important, as I'll get into in just a second. But the Grizzlies are about to start their seven-game road trip, a seven-game road trip that for a few months, myself and many who cover the Grizzlies have spotlighted as kind of being being the defining stretch of this Grizzlies team because of the level of competition that they have and obviously being on the road for two weeks with seven games played over that stretch. Overall, I think the Grizzlies should be happy with where they're positioned. 27-26, 53 games into the season. They're in the eighth spot, and they do have to consider themselves, I wouldn't say pretty lucky, but they do have to consider you know, that this has been a positive, considering all that they've gone through with injuries and ineffectiveness. Yes, it would have been nice to maybe nail down one or two more wins over the past few games, but 5-3 and three in April with significant, significant strides offensively, as we discussed in the last segment, there should be plenty of reasons to be confident with where the Grizzlies are. But to lay out the picture of where the Grizzlies are in terms of the standings, I think last night's game, it certainly was significant. The Grizzlies would have been within a half game of the division lead and seventh place if they had won last night. The fact that they didn't now puts them 2.5 games behind the Mavericks in both the Western Conference standings between the seventh and eighth spot and the Southwest standings for the division lead. I feel that's significant because with the ease of Dallas's schedule going forward, just to be completely honest, I feel that anybody who's keeping up with the Grizzlies' postseason chances should focus more on what's behind the Grizzlies than what's in front of them. Certainly, the Grizzlies could catch Dallas, but I think that it's going to be unlikely with how well Dallas is playing and how easy their schedule is. And the thing that I'll say is this. The, the standings behind the Grizzlies have become a bit more crowded than we had anticipated because the Spurs and the Warriors and the Pelicans, all three of these teams, are playing much better over the past 10 days than they were last week. Right now, as the standings uh, are constructed, the Mavericks are in seventh place, and they're two and a half games above the Grizzlies for the seventh spot in the West. The Grizzlies are in the eighth spot at 27 and 26. The Warriors and the Spurs right now are both one game behind the Grizzlies in the ninth and tenth spot. 
A key to that, though, is that the Warriors have played two more games than the Spurs and the Grizzlies, so that certainly is something to keep in mind as well. The Pelicans are three game, are, are, are right now three games behind the Grizzlies for the eighth spot and two games out of that tenth spot. So if you want to kind of break it down with where the Grizzlies are in terms of their spots, the play-in game heavily remains the likely scenario for this Grizzlies team. You obviously want to be as high up in the standings to have as good of a chance in those play-in games as possible. And for that, the Grizzlies have a one-game cushion for the eighth spot. And in general, for a play-in spot overall, they have a three-game cushion over the Pelicans. But again, the Spurs, Warriors, and Pelicans, all three teams are playing well, mainly you know, with Steph Curry and Zion Williamson really stepping up and carrying their teams on their back with postseason action aspirations. And that information is very, very important to know because the Grizzlies over the next two weeks actually could see their spot decrease. They could see their spot, you know, possibly worsen as far as the standings go. And the reason why that is, is because of the schedule that they have. In many of the games that are coming up on the Grizzlies schedule, they are going to be the underdogs. They start off tomorrow night against the Bulls. The Grizzlies should be favored. They should win. They're coming off a big victory against the Bulls just a few days ago. But after that, the Grizzlies will be facing the Bucks. They'll be facing the Nuggets. They'll be facacing the Clippers twice against the Trailblazers and one and, and, and one more time against the Nuggets before they head back home to face the Trailblazers. That after this Bulls game, it's very likely the Grizzlies are going to be underdogs for seven straight games, including six of those games on the road. Now, the Nuggets team, unfortunately, suffered the big loss to Jamal Murray due to his ACL injury. Just a terrible turn of events for the Nuggets team and for the NBA with how well they were playing and how well Murray was playing. But overall, that seven straight games, you know, though the Grizzlies will be on a seven-game road trip, they should be able to get that victory against the Bulls. That's going to be huge. The Grizzlies need to beat the Bulls tomorrow night. I'm not calling it a must win, but I will say that that will be a small yet significant step forward for this road trip. Because again, then after that, their next seven games after the Bulls game tomorrow night, six of which are on the road, the Grizzlies are likely going to be underdogs in those games. And through that stretch, I, I, I'm going to be honest, I'm hoping for two or three wins. If over, if before the Grizzlies play the Magic on April 30th, the last day of this month, if the Grizzlies could get three or more wins over their next eight games, including the seven-game stretch that I keep referring to, if the Grizzlies can have three more or three or more wins before they face the Magic on April 30th, I feel that fans should be ecstatic. I feel the players should be ecstatic because that means that the Grizzlies have been able to navigate through one of the tougher stretches of their schedule, maybe the toughest with how much they'll be on the road, and they will have been able to put themselves in a very good position before they face a stretch of games that's going to be much easier come early May. So that's the thing about this stretch, is that I really do think that for the rest of the month of April, if the Grizzlies can basically get four more wins, including an anticipated win against the Magic on April 30th, I consider that a win. Even if they're under 500, I really do think that if the Grizzlies can navigate this schedule and get three to four wins for the rest of the month of April, that will be awesome. And anything more than that will be great. This Grizzlies team certainly is, you know, they're certainly capable of getting more than that. But I do think at the end of the day, we're probably going to have a losing record from this point in April through the end of the month. And that's not a negative, it's just that we're facing tough teams. But I do think that one positive that can come out of this is that if the Grizzlies, especially getting Jaron Jackson Jr. back, if the Grizzlies can get Melton, 
Justice Winslow and Jackson Jr. back, can avoid any other serious injuries, and again, can get three to five wins or more over the stretch of April, that will be a huge success. Not only does this stretch prepare them to continue to make adjustments to get better, they'll get deeper due to getting healthier, and they will also be better prepared to know how important it is to take advantage of the games where they're favored versus how hard it is to win games where they're the underdog. And that will really prepare for them to be in the best position possible going through May before they end the season with some big games, one against New Orleans, one against um, Golden State, to really determine that play-in section of the playoffs. So a huge stretch for the Grizzlies. And overall, I think it's going to be a positive stretch. Like I say, I do think that the likely outcome is a record under 500. But if the Grizzlies can go 3-5, and five, four and four, or even better over their next eight games. That'll be a huge win for this Memphis team and their playoff aspirations. And at the very least, they're going to continue to gain experience of how to play with and beat playoff teams. And we've already seen the adjustments that were made from the playoff teams that that they played in March. The Grizzlies played a bunch of playoff teams in March, made adjustments. They become one of the best offensive teams in April as a result. If they can do the same thing in April continue to play good offense, make needed adjustments once they face better competitions, and then position themselves to be a good place in May, they should continue to make the strides that they need to make to position themselves as the best that they can in playoffs, but not only position themselves for the best chance to make the playoffs, but to make noise once they make the playoffs as well. So it's going to be a fun stretch, and there's no better place to have you covered for that stretch than right here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, and that will start tomorrow, which will be when we will talk to you again on the Tomorrow's episode, we'll certainly get into breaking down the Bulls as well as looking at just how well the Grizzlies bitch has been performing for a second straight year as a really big boost to this Grizzlies starting lineup despite so many different pieces being missed for different stretches of the season. Again, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at StatsSEC. You can find the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. We ask that you listen and review and subscribe. My name is Sean Coleman. It's always a pleasure. Until tomorrow, hope you have a great day and we'll talk to you soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.